0: Welcome to the Community Theater Studio Podcast. This podcast exposes the past, futures, dreams, and experiences of people in the community theater. I am your host, Gary Kochi. So let me introduce you to Bill Shaughnessy. So I have a number of questions to learn about you and community theater. So let's see how many we can get through. All right, works for me. All right. So what got you into community theater? Ah, a coworker of
1: mine. And I used to teach at the Burlington County Institute of Technology, and a coworker of mine was involved in community theater and, quite frankly, with uh, the Village Playbox. Oh, okay. And she knows that I was talkative and hardly (laughs) shy. And she said, hey, have you ever thought about doing a play? And I went, "Uh, no. And she says, well, I'm in this children's play. Uh, She said, I think you would be great. And I said, really? And she goes, yeah, what's the name of the play? And, and she said, uh, it's the near-sighted uh, knight and the far-sighted dragon. I went, oh, that's interesting. And I said, and she says, and it's a musical. A musical? And, yeah. And I said, oh, you want someone else. Because this is my singing voice. <laughs> and it would scare the children. And she goes, No, no, I think you'd be fine. So you'd be she, the dragon. <laughs> and that's what I ended up. I was the dragon. And I was in the most wonderful costume um that y- you can imagine. And I sang, I had a picnic basket, I danced, <laughs> and I sword fighted. But the fun part was that the uh director did not have me try on the dragon costume until opening night. Ouch. So I found out uh, on opening night that when you put the dragon head on me, which was awesome, I couldn't see straight ahead. The only thing I could do is look down and from about my fellow actor's knees down I could see. Well, imagine when you have to sword fight with someone <laughs> and you can't see the sword or you can't see their face. Oh. So I said, oh my goodness, this is challenging. But that uh, that was my entree into community theater. And, and from there, I did another play. Uh, and then took a 13- or 14-year break before I got back into it. And
0: I have no idea why I did that. It's just timing. Yeah, I've, I've taken a long <laughs> break myself. So so then how long have you been in community theater?
1: Well, I did that play in 1992 here at the Village Playbox. Okay. Uh, and then um, the next show I did uh, was uh, Death Trap. Ooh, okay. And, I, and we did that at the high school in Haddon Township at, at the time. And I played Sydney Brule. You know, my mm-hmm. first two plays, I got the leads, hey, nice. which doesn't have any indication of my talent. More probably just desperation of the director. <laughs> but I got to, I got to do two wonderful plays, and then took that thirteen or fourteen year of hiatus uh, before I came back. Uh, and I uh, again, my friend, uh, whose name is Kathy Schreiber, um, told me about a play at the sketch club, and okay. and it was Moon Over Buffalo. Oh, okay. Now, I am a former health and phys ed teacher with zero background in theater <laughs> and uh, the performing arts. But I've been talking since I was a little kid. I did the morning announcements at Shawnee High School. I was a member of the first graduating class at Shawnee High School, wow. which should tell your listeners that I'm this close from turning into coal. <laughs> but the um, I did uh, campus radio. I did all sorts of speaking stuff from the time I was a little kid. So I was never intimidated by microphones. In fact, uh, give me a microphone and a 300-person audience, and I'm pretty close to heaven. Ooh. Yeah. So anyway. <coughs> Um, my friend told me about this play, which I knew nothing about. She says, oh, just come out and read. So I did. And I got the lead in that play. (laughs) Again, a desperation indication. But it was a perfect role uh, for me because it was an outrageous, over-the-top, really kind of obnoxious character, which wasn't a stretch for me. (laughs) So it it really worked beautifully. And I had so much fun from that point on. I was just hooked on, on community theater. And I'll tell you, I'm suspect of applause. Uh, because I will politely applaud applaud for everyone, uh, especially people that I know in community theater, and go up to them at the end of the show and say, wow, I really enjoyed that. It was great mm-hmm. seeing you again. Notice I didn't say anything about whether I thought the play was good or their performance was good, but, you know, it was a compliment. Yeah. But, but people will applaud politely (laughs) all the times the truth that I find in community theater is laughter uh, because that's so hard to fake and guffaws and belly laughs and whatnot are near impossible to fake (laughs) and that's why I love doing comedies because it's instantaneous feedback and it's the closest thing that I experience in community
0: theater to truth okay it is
1: it is wonderful and I got to tell you there is no greater tingly feeling for me than laughter when I know that thanks to the director and my fellow actors and my effort that people are laughing and really enjoying themselves it is just it's instantaneous affirmation that you're doing a good job And boy, the warm feeling that I get is incredible. Never done drugs, but if that's the way (laughs) drugs make you feel, I get addiction. It's a natural high. It's a wonderful natural high. (laughs) Oh, it is wonderful, especially when those folks come up to you afterwards and say nice things, but energetically say nice things. Oh, you were hysterical! I love that part when you did this and that. It makes my... Life, not my year. Oh but, yeah, you know that the, that reaction—that's uh, the pay. You know, oh yeah, as anyone absolutely. who does community theater knows, we don't get paid. <laughs> we we invest incredible amounts of hours and time and whatnot in it. So the reward is really the audience's reaction, recognition
0: uh, of oh, the audience.
1: Well, yes, and instantaneous recognition. Again, yeah. not the patting on the back, the claps at the end, and whatnot. But it's that reaction during the play when your actions or words or, or movements should create an
0: audience reaction. And when you get it, oh, yeah.
1: that's payday.
0: Yeah. And when you get a good audience that loves to laugh, those oh. are wonderful. Yes. Oh, it's like they
1: return the energy. They become a mirror. You know, the energy that you're putting into it, they reflect on you. And it's like it's like laying on the beach in the summer. You absorb this this radiation, this energy, and it just juices you. It's like we're a, it's like we're a solar panel. When we get that, when we get that energy reflected back to us, oh, the you know the horsepower that our performance uh, increases is exponential.
0: It's wonderful. Yeah, that's, that's a great, wonderful feeling. Uh, now, of course, I know, like you said, you uh, did some dance. Of course, mainly the acting and sword fighting. So, what all other things have you done in community theater?
1: Well, in addition to acting, uh, I've done a lot of building. Um, during community theater performances, very often the, the director in the community theater group will say, uh, we could really use some help with set building. Because, again, nobody's paid. Right. You've got a limited number of people that, that have building skills, even a greater limited number of people that have tools. I happen to be the triple threat. <laughs> Uh-oh. I can't sing, uh, I can dance, but not Man. not jazz dance. I can act, which is what t- triple threat typically means for most all uh, actors. But for me, I can build. I have tools, and I can act. There you go. <laughs> so, there you go. So <laughs> once the directors found out um, that I had th- th- those skills, they said, "Hey, can you give us a hand?" So I built for any number of community theater groups, including uh, Village Playbox here in in Haddon Heights, and it's a kick being behind the scenes creating the scenes, because if the set builders do it well, you create the canvas for the actors to paint their skills on, And if you do it well, everything works, (laughs) nothing breaks. But that never happens, because <laughs> it always, yeah, yeah something always goes wrong, but fortunately in uh, what we actors call tech week, or theater calls tech week, uh, a lot of those bugs get worked out before an audience sees yeah. it. Uh, but the creativity that's required to produce sets in community theater is intense, because very often we're not working with a limited budget, we're re- working with no budget. Right. So I have become practiced at, uh, material, uh, recycling and, uh, and uh, (laughs) attainment. Uh, what Mere mortals might call trash picking. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh my goodness! When I <laughs> <laughs> on trash day in my neighborhood, when if I drive around and see a stainless steel sink or a particular piece of furniture or long pieces of wood that I know I can repurpose, oh, yeah. they're in the back of my truck. <laughs> and, oh yeah. and they're here because the community theater, being all volunteer, n- means we have just limited resources. So the more that I can find the less someone has to purchase or the less a, a, a set has to compromise because, oh, we do have the material. The other thing is I collect tools the way some people collect stamps. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I The trouble that I'm dealing with now is I go into the, the tool corral at Home Depot and I'm incredibly depressed because I go, got it, got it, got it, yeah. Uh, There's not like some new wonderful, unbelievable tool that I don't have because I probably have it. But what that does is it makes me pretty handy uh, for the theater groups, because I can come in with, uh, with tools that of course they can't afford to have, uh, and in addition to that, I've got a lot of years experience using them,
0: oh, both not only
1: in terms of technical expertise but in terms of safety. Because when you have volunteers working with you, because I know that you uh, build sets, it's wonderful because working alone is tough. Oh, yeah. And you and I have worked alone a lot. (laughs) Um, But just having another pair of hands to hold the other end of a piece of wood makes the job so much easier. But typically those folks don't have an appreciation uh, for the safety aspects, and it's not their responsibility to know that. It's right. my responsibility to ensure that they don't get hurt. Right. Uh, and from safety glasses to uh, just how to use a particular tool, I'm you know absolutely possessed at making sure nobody gets hurt because this is supposed to be fun, not dangerous. Right. Right. Uh, in fact, I'm also the set builder for Linnanwol High School. They have an incredible theater program. And the gentleman in charge, Jeff O'Ryan, who just got married yesterday, wow, okay. uh, is incredibly creative, uh, has an eye that is just extraordinary. And a couple of years ago, his predecessor gave me a call while I was downstairs at uh, Village Playbox taking down another set. And this lady said started rattling off her name and telling me all about herself and whatnot, and said that she was looking for a set builder. And I went, I went, oh my goodness, and I'm thinking, I don't need another volunteer job. I'm plenty busy here. <clears throat> but uh, Lindenwall uh, pl- pays a small stipend to the, to the set builder, and she wanted to see me right away. So I went over, met them, started building sets. But what you might be jealous about is I've got a crew of 20-some students who help.
0: Oh, yes, definitely. People that are willing to help. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and they are voracious learners. I got to tell you, every generation
1: says that the younger generation is, you know, going to hell in a handbasket (laughs) and they're never going to be the same. If the kids that I work with are the future, we're in great shape because they are wonderful. Now, I should tell you that none of the kids that volunteer for set build are what anyone would be called a a bad kid or a troublemaker. Because they stay after school on a Friday and school lets out approximately 230 They'll stay till 8 o'clock at night and then be back in on a Saturday morning at 9 o'clock to work till 2. I mean, they're incredible. They are voracious learners. Of course, they love the, you know, kind of fancy tools that I bring in. <laughs> that they, But again, teaching them the safety from pneumatic nailers to screw guns to ladders, oh, yes. uh, yeah. they do it. I mean, the first thing that I start with them on is, same thing in community theater is safety glasses. You know, yeah. I tell them that I never, ever work without safety glasses, and neither will they. And of course, being adolescents, you have to give them something that is memorable. So my tagline with them is, don't make me buy you a parrot. Um, because if they don't wear the safety glasses they're going to end up with an eye patch and then they're going to have to have a parrot on their shoulder because they're working like pirates but having 20 some uh, kids helping me, we've done incredible things and thanks to uh, Jeff Orion's uh, creativity, we've built everything from 40 foot wide castles to movable staircases to working water fountains mm-hmm. uh, 24 feet of table that came out for BR guests with the uh, for the BR guest number it came out on stage automatically with a hoist and a wow. cable on the other side the linen wall just did bring it on and we had sets of lockers that we had to build so they could be tilted down and danced on the back Wow you know and the fun part is Mr. Orion doesn't tell me how to do it. He just tells me what he'd like, and then it's the set crew kids and my job to figure it out. Yeah. And as our, you know, the, the mantra, the, the, the other line that we live by in Lindenwald's set crew is, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, We may not know it. The, the first set that I built with them uh, was for Mirror on 34th Street, and we had to have a revolving door. Uh, for the Macy's department store. Okay. Well, nice. the question was, how do you make a revolving door out of wood? Because the turning part was the key. The right. doors were was That's easy. Simple, yeah. But um, what I finally discovered was a three-inch square Lazy Susan bearing, like you would have on a Lazy Susan with the mustard and ketchup mm-hmm. and salt and pepper in the center of a table. That bearing would hold 300 pounds. I had nowhere near 300 pounds okay. on but we installed the bearing and built the doors. And when we took my, uh, our fingers and spun it, it turned like butter and we were <laughs> happy. <laughs> but what I didn't realize is that all of a sudden, the kids, all they wanted to do was go through the revolving door. And I said, what's the big deal? Well, most of the kids that I work with there have never seen one because they've never been in the city. So, a revolving door was unique, <laughs> they said this is fun. So, set building along with uh, acting is a nice combination. I sometimes wonder if directors cast <laughs> me because they figure, well, we've got to throw him in the mix because he's got the screw guns.
0: Yeah, well, we're
1: going to put him on stage
0: so we can get him backstage, right? <laughs>
1: Correct. <laughs> and, but it is fun. It is,
0: it is fun to see if
1: we can make something that's wonderful out of virtually nothing. And i got to tell you, the president of Village Playbox, Steve Allen, has an incredible eye for the detail. He believes, and I think correctly, that the set's about 50% of the audience experience.
0: Well, sometimes I think of uh, the set and things like that as an additional character. Oh, well put. It is. It's another character. And it can That's either be a
1: strong character or a weak, weak character. <laughs> yeah. And one of the typical things that happens in community theaters is Fewer and fewer theaters use the curtains. Uh, So when the audience comes in, the set, because of space available and whatnot, is immediately visible to the audience. Well, if they're there anywhere from a half hour to 20 minutes or more before the curtain they have a lot of time to inspect your work, you know? (laughs) So if they look and go, oh, look at that, or wow, you know, what were they thinking or whatnot? Or when the characters come on and the the door opens, but it doesn't close because, (laughs) you know, the the walls fell down. (laughs) That's a bad thing. Yeah. It's difficult for the actors, but it also creates kind of like visual static for the audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you do an incredible set, like for instance... Uh, last year's uh, show about the Jewish girl who uh, was in World War II, was hidden in the attic. Oh, the Diary of Anne Frank. The Diary of Anne Frank. (laughs) That set was the most amazing community theater set I've ever seen, especially since you put, what, five rooms? Six. Six on a postage stamp. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the main part of the stage at Village Playbox is no more than 12 feet deep and less than 20 feet wide. Even right. with the extensions, uh, which add another eight feet across the front, it was amazing <laughs> that six rooms could look so well. And then the, the decoration you know, from the, uh, in the attic where where you made it look like uh, Lath, from Plaster and Lath, was brilliant, you know? And uh, so that's the excitement of community theater, is how do we make the audience experience as close to the rich level of a Broadway production on Chunk Change? Yeah. <laughs> that's the challenge. In your
0: basement, yes. <laughs>
1: in your basement, right. And And with the lights you have available, and uh the entrances and the the total space uh it's amazing, and that's one of the things that I just love <laughs> about community theater is that challenge
0: so with all that uh what might be your most memorable moment uh, um, community, theater? community theater that's Maybe high, at the high school too. that's like asking that's like asking you know, a parent
1: you know who's your favorite child? Well, my <laughs> parents would have no problem with that they'd say my sister but uh, but the uh Oh, one, I, I guess the thing that I'm still living on... Remember I mentioned earlier that I, I adore laughter, that right. I live for laughter, because it's truth. Moon Over Buffalo, the second weekend we did it, It's Saturday night, and we got an audience that must have had a lot of sugary desserts, because they came in <laughs> just juiced. And the cast of that production, which was directed by John Blackwell... Was so good. They it, they just became the characters. Part of the the show is my character during virtually the entire second act is drunk. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the fun part for me is I don't drink. I've never been drunk. Not because I'm you know a teetotaler. I don't like the taste of alcohol. Uh-huh. I don't get beer, uh, you know. And people tell yeah. me it's you know it's an acquired taste. And I said I'd rather drink juice. But anyway. So the director had to teach me how to be, be drunk. drunk. So I was a blank canvas, no problem, <laughs> okay, show me. Well, uh, at one point, the other uh, the other character on stage with me, who was played by Ke- uh, Dr. Kevin Dom, who's a professor at, uh, at uh, Rowan University, he and I, he's trying to get me dressed, because I'm drunk and <laughs> we have to put on a play. And we end up in this closet, and then this friend of mine, Kathy Schreiber, and the president of Village Plate Box, Steve Allen, who was playing a lawyer, walk in. Well, we come bursting out of the out of the closet. I have one leg in my pants, he's trying to lift the other leg up, and we're hopping down across the stage. Like, uh I'm looking like a flamingo, a drunk flamingo on <laughs> there. Well, the audience burst into incredible laughter, and I had to stand there with this drunk look on my face, like a flamingo, with one leg and a pair of pants, for a 30-second laugh line. Ooh, and then nice. the follow-up line to that got another 15 seconds <laughs> of laughter. And that moment, I am still surviving on today. I've had others. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But that, if you were to say, what is the best? That was it. And the great part is, uh, my two nieces and their uh, husbands were in the audience and got to see it. So, you know, I say, hey, you think I'm good? Remember that night? (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure I
0: have a follow up, but that one was good. Well, contrary to that, what might have been your worst moment in community theater? Oh,
1: worst moment was just recently. Um, I was in a production a couple of months ago uh, with a community theater group that will remain nameless, and it is not Village Playbox. Okay. Uh, that the worst thing you can encounter, my opinion, in any job is someone who is annoying, a coworker, you know, that's mm-hmm. annoying. In community theater, the term is usually a diva. Diva. Right. Well, we had the divas diva uh in this one who had the most lines. She had 244 lines. My character had 38. Uh, (laughs) um, But she was still using cheater cards, like you're taking a test Uh and you've got crib sheets, two days before we opened, and then was free to criticize... Other characters, if we didn't give her the exact words of the cue line. And the tension of that is palpable. But I must note that that is an aberration. That is unique. In 20-some years of doing this, I really haven't had a bad experience before that. Where I would say, and I will say about that group, I'm not going back to them. And if she's ever auditioning for a play I'm doing... Ex. I'm I'm like <laughs> exiting stage left.
0: So yeah, but that's yes. that's really the worst. Uh, okay, well, that's not bad. That's good. Mm-hmm. So, how did you learn all that you do in community theater, whether the building or the acting? Or? You know, um, Yogi Berra said you can learn a
1: lot by just watching, or you can see a lot by just watching. I had been working with my brother-in-law on home remodeling and whatnot for twenty-some years. But building for real is a lot different than building for the theater. If oh, it yes, looks definitely. good, and, you know, and works, fine. But then when I started working with Sketch Club, people who were the the set builders there were patient with me and took the time to explain to me. Well, this is how we don't use nails; we use no, screws. screws. You don't have to worry about painting that back there because the audience can't see it, which completely
0: weirded me <laughs> out. You know, when I first began. But then I said, Oh yeah, that's logical. Um, like I, I usually say, is most people are used to building for homes to last years. We're building to last weeks. Weeks. Right. Not, not years. And weeks. It does, That's it. Fabulous. <laughs> you know. A couple weeks. Fine. Take it down. Move on. Yeah. And we want to take it down
1: so we can reuse that stuff. Yeah. So I, I had the tremendous benefit of, of people who were willing to teach. And I was a sponge-like student. I wanted to learn how to do this. And I must tell you, I am not good at it. Oh. I am okay, <laughs> but watching people who are really good at it—a a neighbor of mine, Carrie Ballinger—is the chief painter for the McCarter Theater in Princeton. And I'm—I often tell directors, I'm good with a roller. I can make that wall green. But don't make me have it look like a field. (laughs) You got the wrong guy. But I had the chance to spend some time with the carpenters and production crew, the stage crew at McCarter. And I went, oh my God, these guys are really good. You know, and watching them. And I found that most people are incredibly generous. And if you show an interest, they will take the time to teach you. And I'm good at you know, making sure I thank them and whatnot. But I had that at Sketch Club. I had that at, uh, at other uh, places. And it it is wonderful. The acting portion, oh, I have, I probably thank two directors, Steve Allen and, and John Blackwell the most. John Blackwell had to explain to me what stage right and stage left was, and <laughs> upstage and downstage. And I said, where the hell did that stuff come from? And he explained to me Shakespeare and tilted stages right. or re- Rake. raked... Rake, rake stages, stage. yeah. I thought she got to rake the stage. What's <laughs> what is it? You know, got a lot. Of, you know, leaves. He was incredibly patient, but he sensed that I really wanted to learn, and I didn't know what a beat was. I thought that was something Sonny and Cher sang about. <laughs> and then being around actors who are really, really good is—it's oh, wonderful because I realize how amateurish I am. When I get to perform with a really talented person, oh, yeah. you know, and then I say I'm going to steal those techniques. I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to pay attention to how they created that character. It's fabulous and it is fun. It's fun to be something you're not. Oh yeah. Because my field was public relations uh, for twenty some years. I was the recruiter and and PR man for Votek uh, High Schools in Burlington County and also down in Carmel County. For the majority of my education career, PR people can never lose their cool. They can never, you know, uh, go crazy or tell somebody off. So being on stage where I can become just someone who's obnoxious, (laughs) funny, but obnoxious is wow.
0: Oh yeah, you know, it's like pulling the pin on a grenade. You know, you can't put it back in after <laughs> you throw it. But gosh, it's um, fun. <laughs> so, with all of that, what might be your dream part or show, whether it's to perform or to build a set for? Um <laughs>
1: or have it, you done it? It's no. No, I haven't <laughs> done it. The show is noises off. The show yep. is oh, yes. from from a set building standpoint <laughs> where it has to rotate, rotate. At, at, you know, at intermission and whatnot. I want to build that, you know, I want, to, I, I want to say how you do it, but the part that I want is the old guy who's drunk. I want to reprise a drunk character, uh, like from Moon Over Buffalo and Noises Off, because he's an older guy, because right. now I'm, I'll turn 62 in a, about a month and a half, uh, so the number of Ajinu parts are drying up for me, i you are know, not looking for the young guy and looking nah, at me. No, nah. no. Nah, nah. But that, that drunk guy and Noises, Noises off. off, I would travel hours to get that part. Oh, know, wherever they yeah. do it. You know, but Noises Off would be the play. And either, you know, and I'd be happy to help build oh, that set. Up, you
0: know? Oh, definitely. What part or show might you never want to do? Pretty much anything that includes ballet. Because <laughs> I don't look good
1: in tights. Uh, I wouldn't want to do a really, really powerful drama. Because I'm not sure I have the chops to to do that. And people in the community theater audience that know me typically expect me to wring the funny out of every line (laughs) that I have in whatever play. I did uh, Miracle on 34th Street with the road Company down in Williamstown uh, for Christmas. And the cast there was, again, it was electric. John Blackwell was the director again. And he cast me as Shellhammer, who is the uh, human resources lady, Mrs. Walker's boss. Okay. And John said, do it over the top. I'll yank you back if I need to. He never did. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I decided that, that that character should have a clipboard, have a really strange walk, and have librarian half glasses. And Ooh. from there, I just, I just, you know, rang the funny out of it, and it was great. But really, anything with a musical where I would have a solo. <laughs> oh, okay, because, no solos. Right. Because the audience um, uh, paid to be there, and they should not experience pain. <laughs> uh, so, okay. so that would be it. But any really dark yeah. drama, at 62 years old, I don't want to make someone
0: melancholy. I want to make, make them laugh. Okay, so, what other jobs, other than acting and set building, or anything like that, that you want to try that you haven't done? Oh, you know what I've always thought about is I wanted to be a
1: cook on a cargo ship. Not weird, okay? Uh, yeah, <laughs> where'd that come from? One because a cruise ship is intense, you know, with all the yeah. people, and you know, it's just. But a cook on a on a cargo ship, you're dealing with maybe thirty to fifty crew members. You know, a couple of meals a day, but I get to see parts of the world that I've never seen because I've never been off this continent. Okay. <laughs> I've been to Canada, I've been to Mexico, and here, okay. you know, I've never been to Europe, uh, South America, you know, any place else. And I thought that would be interesting. And I'm a reasonable cook. I would need to do it, produc- learn how to do <laughs> a production. But I have, coming from VoTech schools, I know who to ask to show me how to do that. But that would be. That would be something that would be neat. And then, uh, if we're in port, maybe I could catch a play in another
0: country, which would be very cool. Very interesting. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. So why do you like to work in community theater? What keeps you <laughs> here? My field was public relations, and
1: my whole job was people. I am really most comfortable being around people. I desperately love making people laugh. Um, laugh laughter, creating laughter, is my version of power. And I get to do that in community theater with people that are there just to see me. But one of the great parts about being retired now is that I have time. But what I don't have is a lot of contact with people. And what community theater does is it gives me a new group of friends for maybe eight weeks. And if I like some of those friends, I'll come back and, you know, play with them again. Yeah. Uh, if i don't like the diva i 'll avoid them like you know like the plague, but community theater gives you the opportunity to be something you 're not to be around people who share your interests, and quite frankly, actors are nuts oh yeah, and I oh, yeah. love being around they have unique perspectives on the world, they are incredibly witty funny uh just incredible at creating somebody other than themselves and when that gels when you get a director who can like an orange squeeze the most juice out of that <laughs> that actor oh my god it's a uh, it's a beverage
0: for the gods for the audience yeah so uh, what might be one part of community theater that maybe the general public doesn't know about they
1: don't know about all the ancillary things that are required and go on Behind the scenes, adjacent to the scenes, (laughs) before the scenes, everything from ticket taking to concessions to planning what the next play is going to be. That takes a lot of time. I mean, a community theater group just doesn't choose a, a show based on thin air. They've got people that research it and say, can we, you know, stage this on our stage? Can we, you know, how many people, how much will it cost to do? So the people that may want to be involved in something that gives a tremendous amount of satisfaction, but is intimidated by stage lights, (laughs) you know, and people going, well, go ahead, impress us. There's a place for them in community theater. And it can be incredibly rewarding, but even more than that, incredibly fun. You know, because, one, I mean, nobody should be doing community theater if they don't like it. And the fun factor in community theater is amazing. And quite frankly, it can be anywhere from, what, the last show, the lead actress was 12 years old, you know, in, in Village Playbox, to we, uh, Village, Play, uh, Village Playbox did on Golden Pond, and the lead actor was 74. Yeah. And hadn't done a play since high school. You know, in and got the lead, yes. And got the lead and nailed it. Oh you know. yes. nailed it. That was directed by Steve Allen. It was absolutely awesome. So the fun has no age limits
0: and it is constant.
1: So right. that's the best part of
0: community theory. So is there anything coming up? Sooner or in the near future for Bill in the community theater? Oh, I'm hoping that, you know, uh, uh, just a crowd of
1: directors stands outside my house and begs me to be in a show. I'm pretty sure that's um, a fantasy, uh, <laughs> but I, I am always looking for comedies, and many community uh, theater groups are musical-heavy. And quite frankly, I, aside from the you know the uh, uh the dragon gig, uh, I can't say. You know, and I'm not sure some of those kids who are in the audience aren't uh, you know in therapy now from listening to me sing. But the you know, I just have that limitation and uh therefore uh I've got to I've gotta search, you know. So I'm look, a vagabond.
0: Well you might want to look. I've just recently interviewed um Pat, who is the president at uh, Bridge Players, their whole see upcoming season is comedies. Really? Yes, their planning is, is a bunch of comedies up at uh, Bridge Players. So. Really? In Burlington? Yes, up in well, Burlington. That's four miles from my house. There you You're go. You have to check
1: out Pat. All right.
0: Mm-hmm. What would you say to anyone that might be interested in joining a community theater? First off, just do it. Because if it's bad, you can just leave.
1: I mean, there's no contracts. You know, there's no obligation. There's no nothing. And do it, you know, help out, like on a concession stand. And you'll get to see the show for free and get a feel for what it's like. (laughs) The best way to know whether the water's fine is to stick your toe in it. And if anyone might be interested at all in their wildest dreams and doing something in community theater, and I'm not talking just on stage, but just getting involved, just Google it. You'll find all the theaters, there's contact people for it, and visit them. You will find, on the whole, community theater folks are the most welcoming, fun, appreciative, and generous people that you can imagine. And I'll tell you, be careful, though. I understand that heroin is addictive. You know, one try and <laughs> you What I caution people is people, community theater is addictive, because once you have that rush, that good feeling... Uh, you want more. And the great news is that community theater uh, has plenty of opportunities for you to feel that rush.
0: Oh, definitely. Wonderful. Well, well, thank you very much. Uh, I am your host, Gary Kochi, and I'd like to thank Bill Shaughnessy for joining me here today. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Community Theater Studio Podcast. This podcast is currently being supported by the Village Playbox Theater of Haddon Heights, New Jersey, the music is titled Energy and is provided by royalty-free music from Bent Sound. If you have any comments, questions, or requests, you can contact us on Facebook at Community Theatre Studio, on our website, communitytheaterstudio.podbean.com, or email us at Studio at gmail.com. We're also now available on iTunes, so look for us there as well. So please join me next week when we once again talk to people of the Community Theatre.